What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. This is a thankful season. Amen. I love Thanksgiving. Better than Christmas. If you're a Christmas fan, no offense, but I like Thanksgiving better. So happy Thanksgiving to you guys. I don't deal with, I don't have to have gifts. I don't need all that. I just like getting together with family, eating, spending some time together. Amen. So, uh, and then at Christmas, we get to talk about the birth of Jesus. Amen. If you're tuning with us online this morning, I want to say welcome. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We thank you so much for tuning with us online this morning. But what we want to do is invite you to join us next week at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night at 7 p.m. with your family because there's a lot you need prayer for. And you need to come on down and let us pray with you about it. Everybody needs prayer. Even if you deny it, I need prayer. Even if sometimes I don't, I don't deny it, I just don't think about it, right? We all need prayer. What do you got to be thankful for this season? Have y'all thought about that? Now, I'm not going to preach a typical Thanksgiving message, but I wanted to say happy Thanksgiving. And those of you that have to check this out next week, I hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving. I hope it was awesome. I hope you got to eat and just praying for bigger things. How many of y'all know there's something else we need to be thankful for this morning? And that is this new season. Okay, Devin, you're with me. All right, so uh, how many of y'all know there's something else you need to be thankful for this morning? Is this new season. All those things you're facing right now, praise God. Hallelujah. Woo, anytime the devil throws a curveball, I love it because I'm like, uh-oh, something big's coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready, right? As an old pastor used to say, we won't go into names on the air, but get ready, get ready, get ready. I get so excited when things start falling apart around me. I love it. Why? Because that means God's up to something, and the enemy's got to attack me for a reason. If he's not attacking me, I ain't doing nothing. Uh-oh, look at your neighbor and say, if he ain't attacking you, you ain't doing nothing. Okay, that's just real, but some of y'all was a little slow saying that. If he ain't attacking you, you ain't doing nothing. That means he ain't worried about you anyway. Uh-oh. But if you're constantly under attack, you must be doing something right. Because he's trying to keep you from reaching your destination. And can I promise you something? If you'll seek God in this season of hardship, whatever it may be, in the next season, you're going to look back and give thanks. Because God brought you through no matter what it is, whether it's financially, whether it's addictions, sexual immorality, any of those things. The things that the world tells you is good but you really don't need, that's what I'm talking about. And so, see, if you follow the ways of the world, you'll never be thankful because they teach you there's no hope. We were studying in class this week. I think it was this week. It may be Monday. I don't know because I record all these lectures ahead of time, right? Um, and we, I was looking over... The type of people, uh, the type of culture that 
in our New Testament, we read about the Gospels, the type of culture in the Acts and the Gospels that the people were dealing with. And how many of y'all know it was what we call a Greco-Roman world? Because the Romans ruled, they had the administration part, but the Greeks had the education, the language. So we call it the Greco-Roman world. Well, here's what happened in the Greco-Roman world. As they're producing new cities and building new things, people kind of get lost in the crowd. And one thing it was talking about is that when the gospel came, it was the perfect time because people had lost hope. Okay, y'all didn't catch that. People had lost hope. Does it sound familiar? How many of y'all know there is nothing new under the sun? That's what the Bible tells us. Y'all realize maybe the technology has changed, but we're not facing anything any different than they already faced behind us. Oh, but it's so much worse. No, it's not. Study your history. They were beheading Christians. Sometimes they still do that in other countries. Yeah, they were killing us. They were persecuting us. And I say us because those were our brothers and sisters. They lived before we did. But too many people want to think, well, we deal with stuff today they never dealt with. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I don't care how you twist it. Everything the youth are dealing with today has already been dealt with. Everything. The only thing that has changed is the technology and the accessibility of it. Because now it's not like the other side of the world's facing that. All they got to do is whip out their phone and get on whatever social media platform they're on. And be like, and all of a sudden their minds are being fed things. How many of y'all know it's so bad they can't even put it down? Yeah, they can't even lay their phone down. Two seconds. It's adults too. It's not just kids. Y'all been out to eat lately? If you ain't took your wife on a date, if you have a wife, shame on you. You need to take your wife out. All right, but you need to go on a date. When you go on a date, I want you to observe the people around you. Watch what happens. Here's what I see every time we go out. Everyone around us, I'm guessing husbands and wives, girlfriend, boyfriend, doesn't matter. The whole time, there's at least one in every restaurant, right? The whole time, they're sitting there. They're doing this. Don't look at each other. Don't talk to each other. Don't do anything else. I watch them get their food. trying to eat and text at the same time or whatever they're doing, right? Watch them pick up the bill, pay it, leave the restaurant, and never even made eye contact. We say shame on them, Nate, but there's a lot of people doing it. It is a shame. But that's the kind of world we live in. See, if you're not addicted to drugs, you're addicted to tech. If you're not addicted to tech, you're addicted to sexual immorality, If you're not addicted to alcohol, you're addicted to something else. It's always an addiction. And what does that do? You can get lost in the crowd. And do you know that's exactly what was happening in New Testament times? Exactly. Same thing. New season. We try to talk like everything's so much worse now. It's not. It's not. Christians have been facing this for years. Anybody ever heard of Nero? By the way, class, we're talking about that this week if I haven't already talked about it. Nero, he killed his mom. His mom, here, check this out. Here's how messed up this family was, all right? Nero was an emperor in the Roman Empire 
around or close to the time I think he died or got removed in 68 AD. So he was really close. He's the one that set Jerusalem on fire, it's believed, right? And then blamed it on the Christians. Well, at that time, they were probably called the way or whatever you want to call them. There's all kinds of terms. We learn about some of those this week in class. But here's how messed up that family was. The guy who Nero's mom married was her uncle. And at that time, he was the emperor. His mom, talk about Nero's mom, poisoned him with poisonous mushrooms so she could put her son on the throne, Nero. And then Nero, when he got old enough, turned around and killed his mom. Who put him on the throne? And then what did he do? It's never been proven, but it is believed. I'll say it that way. That way we're correct on our history. Nero lit Jerusalem on fire and blamed it on the Christians. Anybody see things falling apart in the society you live in? And who do they blame? It's never the Muslims or the Buddhists or any of these other religions you talk about out there. The ones that get blamed are those so-called Christian nationalists. They're tyrants. They're trying to take over. Yet, well, in a way we are. You're right, Sister Lisi. But not of what we're trying to prove accuse us of. Okay, well, we get accused of, y'all realize it's everything they're doing to themselves, and then they blame... The Christians. It's the Christians' fault. Y'all ever wonder why that is? Can I give you a theory? Christians are the only one that's got the truth. Uh-oh. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, if you face the truth, you have to face yourself. What's wrong with you? Uh-oh. So, truth convicts. I don't know why I'm going there. It's free, y'all. This is free stuff. This ain't even in my notes. We're going to talk about persecution and fake people that were in the church. We're going to talk about all that if we get to it. But for whatever reason, I'm going this route. Hey, pay attention because you might get something. This is free. Holy Spirit's leading right now, all right? So, all of a sudden, now it's the Christian's fault. Do you know they've been doing that for centuries, thousands of years? Nero did it. Before that, you had the Israelites. It was their problem. Before that, can I just take you back to the beginning? Eve takes a bite of the fruit. Adam takes a bite of the fruit. God shows up, asks, what happened? It's the woman's fault. Where did the woman go? It's the snake's fault. It's the serpent's fault. He tricked me. Then the serpent turned and there was nobody else to blame. So he kind of got stuck. The blame game has been going on for centuries. Can I just give you some wisdom today? Maybe it's time, just think, maybe it's time to stop looking at everybody else and figure out where the real problem lies. Can I just start with it? It's, it's, it's here. It's here. And you know what? And I was just thinking of that, Brett. Pastor Terry, old pastor, he's passed on to be with the Lord now, but he used to say it's the rascal between the elbows. 
It's always us. Suddenly you find, I'm just going to go here. Suddenly you find yourself in financial debt. You know, that debt didn't come overnight. It was a slow progression. You didn't have the money, so you charge it. Uh Uh-oh. Or, oh, I don't believe in that. So you took out a loan. Whatever you did. Oh, I love, I was listening to Jesse DePlantis this morning, y'all. And he was teaching me all up and down the place, all right? He's talking about believing. When you doubt, he said you doubt God. That's a faith problem. Is God going to handle this? Then the fear starts creeping in, which leads to depression, which leads to stress, which leads to anxiety, which leads to so many health problems I can't even make a list. Can I, can I, that's just real truth. That's, some of y'all looking at me straight, that's science. People want to go to science. Well, you don't know, God knew that before. But uh, go ahead and check out your science. I've told you this before. Your brain is so powerful, you can think yourself sick or you can think yourself well. What did God say? Can I tell you what else science is telling us before I give you scripture? God already knew about this stuff. Just throwing that out there. Can I give you something else? They say when you speak stuff out of your mouth, your body reacts. So if you're walking around always saying how bad it is or how sick you are or how stressed you are or how depressed you are and you're constantly putting that out in the atmosphere, then you want to turn around and wonder why you're in such a mess. Can I help you out this morning? Stop speaking it. But that was in the Bible before science or science is a joke sometimes, but it's before scientists figured it out, right? God said, there is life and death in the power of the, what do we speak with? God talked about this stuff thousands of years ago. We act like this is all new science, breaking news. There is nothing new under the sun. It goes both ways. Good or bad, there's nothing new. Man responds the way man has responded for centuries, for decades, for millenniums, for thousands of years. And then man wonders why they end up in a mess. God told you to, you just need to read. Here's, check it out. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, of things not seen. Where are you going with that? Well, if the next time you got a cold or whatever's going on in your life, you'll just start speaking, I'm healed. Can I testify? I've been doing that lately. Do you know it takes within a day or so I feel fine? Your mouth, your tongue can make you sick. Now, I'm not denying viruses and things. Okay, we've got all that. We get it, right? But you, some of y'all don't understand. He said he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. He said, you got financial trouble? He's Jehovah Yira, 
the Lord God our provider. You're in the midst of a mess, and you don't know who's, if anybody's listening, he's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God who is, oh, y'all didn't know that one, there. See, a lot of y'all know the popular ones. You feel like you're unworthy of anything God has for you. It's okay. He's Jehovah Sedek, the Lord God, our, anybody know that one? Righteousness. Woo. What did Paul say? Paul said, we are declared See, y'all realize you ain't really righteous, but we're declared righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Now, if you don't got the blood of Jesus covering your sin in your life because you've never received him as your savior, you can't speak those things because God's not your daddy. Wait, that was offensive, pastor. Can I tell you what Jesus said? Jesus talking to the Pharisees one day, he looked at him and said, you're of your father, the devil. And he's a liar, and he's always been a liar. He was hardcore. Y'all see, people don't realize, can I use an old term? Jesus ghetto. He strikes it right to the problem. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's all free. So y'all got something to be thankful for this morning. That's the blood of Jesus, which declares you righteous because you received him as your savior and now you're walking this thing out. You need to stop walking like you're a child of the devil and start walking like you're a child of God. Quit letting the world define who you are. They don't know nothing about you. There's one that does. Woo, I've said this before. Man, this is, I don't know where I'm going today. This is all free. <laughs> Do you realize, see, let me get back to what I was talking about earlier. Every decision, you've heard me say this before, every decision you've ever made in your life has brought you to this moment. You made a decision, if you're here, to come to church this morning. You made a decision not to study for that test for the young people. And then you bombed it, and then you wondered why. Uh-oh. But let me, get, let me break it to the old people. You made a decision to blow all that money on whatever it was, and now you're in financial debt. God didn't make that decision for you. He's still your provider, but most people don't even ask. They trust their own ways. They don't trust God's ways. Wow. Praise God. Are you thankful this morning? Let me see if I can get to the text. See, I knew it was going to be different. I don't even know how long I've been up here. All right, here we go. Whew. I think I want to preach to music. Let's do that. All right. Because I think the Spirit's already moving. Here we go. I'm hot. Anybody else hot? Holy Spirit comes. He's hot. So you need to get hot. Amen? Get on fire. Don't be a fireman in this case. Don't be putting other people's fires out. No, 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 no. Whew. Can we talk? I don't even know how far. I'm hoping to get to verse 14. But I, I don't know if I'm going to get there today. But check it out. Let's start in verse 9. I believe we left off at all these things are the beginning of birth pains. We were talking about 
all the messes, all the things going on, and we talked about the plagues, and we talked about the famine, and the earthquakes, and the wars, and the rumors of wars, and all these things, and these too many people sitting around just waiting on the rapture to take them home, when Jesus said, the time is not yet. Now, if he comes, I'm going. You can have the mic. I'm out of here. But if he doesn't, what are you doing about it? Too many people sitting at home just waiting for Jesus to come back. He is coming. I promise he's coming. He said he was. Matter of fact, the disciples standing around looking up in Acts. Angel shows up. What are y'all looking up for? That same Jesus that just left is coming again. Go. He gave you a command. He said, go. The Great Commission. Go ye therefore. Make disciples of all nations. He didn't say sit at home and wait. He told the disciples to wait. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait. Ten days later, Holy Spirit shows up. They start praying in tongues. Then it was to work. 3,000 people are delivered in a single day. From Peter's, get this, first message, at least recorded in Scripture. Now, that's every pastor's dream. If we could walk into church, preach a message, and 3,000 people walk out delivered and saved, praise God. That's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit draws them in. I talked about at the beginning of this, and I kind of want to tie all this in here. The, The people in this day because of the way the Greco-Roman Empire had been set up, had lost hope. Then Jesus showed up. They lost hope because they came another number. Sound like society? You got a thing called a social security number. You're not just another number to God. To man you are. You're just a number. To God you're not. There's so much more God has for you but that's what people in this day felt like another number they had lost hope then jesus showed up and flipped it he didn't care he spoke to the secular people he spoke to the religious people and then he gave them truth let's go a step further he was killed for speaking truth At that, to- at that point, I don't know what the devil was thinking. Did he think he had won? Did he know he was going to be coming back? So he tried to get him out of there and make a sin. For- Remember the temptations? You'll do a message on that later. If he had thought he, was- he had won, only to find out three days later, the tomb was rolled away. He got up and walked. Can I- okay, can I give you something? I don't have the scripture. I'll have to look it up. I think it's in Mark. Jesus had a financial problem. He told Peter to go fishing. Some of y'all don't know that story. Here's what happened. They show up, and they're told, have you paid taxes? Are you paying taxes? Well, because of Peter's long little rant on paying taxes, Jesus looked at him and said, well, you know, now that you've done that, go fishing. Sends him out. Peter catches a fish. Inside of the fish's mouth is a gold coin. He used the gold coin to pay the taxes to move on. That's the God we serve. He's our provider. We've got to be willing to listen when he speaks. Verse 9 says, 
Then you will be handed over. This is Matthew 24. I know some of you that this is your first week. This is Matthew 24, verse 9. Because we've already talked about 1 through 8. I don't want to go back. You can check out the previous messages if you want to go back on those. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be, what did he say? He didn't say loved. He said you will be hated by all nations. Does this sound familiar? Just throwing that out there. You will be hated by all nations because of me. Jesus talking. How do I know I'm saved? Well, what kind of fruit are you bearing? Do you face persecution because of Jesus? If not, you may not be doing anything. Can I ask you questions, kids, in the back? Skyler and you, when you guys go to school, this is just a question. It's random. I'm not picking on them. When you guys go to school or when you guys go to work and people walk past you, do they know that if they have an issue in their life, they can come to you for prayer? Here's how you know. If you're living a life that shows you can, you'll be surprised how many people pull you aside in quiet and say, hey, can you pray with me? They may not do it in front of their friends because they're trying to put an image forth, right? And I'm not just talking to them. Any adults in here, I've had it happen on the job. Being persecuted while the rest were around, but afterwards, when we going home, caught in the parking lot and asked, hey, what is it that you got? Can I talk to you, preacher? Like, first, I hate that word, preach. Don't call me preacher, right? Spend, I don't know. However many minutes we spent, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it was, talking about Jesus and what this man needed to be delivered. That only happened because I stood firm while the rest of them were making fun of me. Here's the deal. When people make fun of you, do you make fun back? No, oh, no, no. I'm not asking as a question you got to answer. If you do, that's probably why they've never asked you for prayer. If you feel like you've always got to have comeback, that's not God. That's flesh. Now, or are you the person that even in the midst of them persecuting you because you are a Christian, in their eyes, I call them believers as my preference, a believer, do you stand firm or do you give in and go with the crowd? Because if you give in and go with the crowd, that's why they've never asked you for prayer. What do you mean? Well, because they look at you and think, they don't got anything different than I got. What do I need what they got for? But if you're one of those people that stands firm, even when they're making fun of you, see, we're blessed in the United States, at least right now. One of the worst things you have to look forward to if you're talking to somebody about Jesus is them making fun of you. It hits your pride. If you don't lash out, though, and you stand firm where you're at, the people that are around, that's your real audience. Okay, let me explain it. I've had them happen to me. I'd be talking to one person, and that person is totally flat out rejecting me. But the people that are standing around looking, those are the ones that come out afterwards and say that was a brave thing you did back there 
What is it that you've got that I don't got? God just opened a door. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. See, we don't have a lot of believers in this society. We have a lot of church folk. That's what we got. They go to church on Sunday mornings. They go to church on Wednesday nights. They bring food to the potluck, whatever it is that they're doing. They'll sing the worship songs. You better not go too long because I got to get to lunch. If you've ever had any of those thoughts, that's religion. That won't get you to heaven. I like how Lisa said it this morning. And I don't remember if it was before service or asking. We're not here for entertainment. We're here to worship. I don't care if you like me and the way I worship. You should have your own praise, your own worship, and how you worship God. If you're looking at others and what they're doing, you're missing what you could have. I get it. This society tells you that's nonsense. That's not cool. I don't even know if they use the word cool anymore, but whatever. That's not acceptable. Maybe that's a neutral term. I get it. But see, we talked about a verse last week. I'm trying to look for it real quick. I think it was last week we talked about it here. He said, but those that endure. Matter of fact, maybe it's this week we're getting ready to talk about it. Maybe I'm ahead of myself. Those who endure to the end will be saved. The true test of a Christian is how you hold up in the storm. Do you still stand firm on your faith? Do you still believe God is the deliverer and he will deliver you? I like how Curtis True put it. My daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If he needs to sell a few cows to help me out, he will. You know, that's what made that scene in, man, here we go again. That scene in Chosen so powerful. Peter owed a lot of money in taxes. Peter was in debt. Peter wasn't seeking God. Peter was seeking fish. Jesus showed up. He's been fishing all night. And he said we, so there was people fishing with him. And we've caught nothing. Jesus said, let me go out with you. He said, cast your net on the other side. Lord, I mean, some people stop right here. Lord, I've already tried that. As if you know more than what God knows about your situation. Don't make me laugh. Peter goes out, and I love the way they captured it visually. Matter of fact, he was still on the bank, right there on the shore when it happened in The Chosen. We don't know where, when, how it happened, but it was a good illustration, I thought. Jesus, I love that Peter's like, oh, all right, whatever, it's your word. And, and there was something that caught my attention right there when Jesus was looking at him. He's like, he threw the net in, and Peter made, the, I don't know what, he, he made like a noise or something, right? And Jesus is like, hmm, whoosh. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Because that's how God works. When you've given up, God says, you know what? I got this. I hear you over there complaining. You've been whining and crying. I've been fishing all night. I've been doing this all the time, God, and I ain't seeing anything. And you're whining and crying. And Jesus says, well, you don't let me in the boat. 
you gonna let me get in there with you? You kind of like those people, that old joke that I've told here before, where the man tried to get in the church because he looked a little different, they kicked him out. Jesus is sitting on the step of the church and said, you know, don't worry about it. I've been trying to get in there for years. They ain't let me in yet either. That's a lot of churches in this society. They don't even let Jesus in the house. They are so caught up in religion, it's a Pharisee spirit. Same spirit that the Pharisees were dealing with is in the churches today. But then Jesus stepped into your situation. Try casting on the other side. I already did that. And you walk away. But if you do what Peter did, I love that little smirk, man. That's one of my favorite scenes. Jesus is like, hmm, whoosh, that was awesome. Because I'm like, that's how God works. Are you going to try again? Are you going to give up? Because you fished all night and you didn't catch anything. How about letting me go fishing with you? How about letting God lead you the next time you want to lead someone to the Lord, not doing it out of your flesh? How about letting the spirit lead that situation? How about, oh, here's a good one. There's a lot of people claiming they're Christians anyway. They claim it anyway. That are too busy talking and not listening. The person is trying to tell you what they got going on, but you're like, oh, no, 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 no. And you're going on about, you need this, you need this, you need. They don't need you telling them what they need. They already know their lives are messed up. They don't need you to remind them of how messed up they are. Why do you think our vision statement is reaching others where they're at? Some of you need to learn to listen more than you talk. The old teacher, I think it's a teacher, somebody said this years ago, God gave you two ears and one mouth. That means you should do twice as much listening as you do talking. That means if someone's broken and they're coming to you to talk, they don't need you giving them 90 things you think they need to do to fix their life. They just need you to listen to their issues. There'll be a moment in the conversation where you can tell them about Jesus. How do I know? Because if the Holy Spirit's leading the thing, he knows what they need. One, I'm not even going to get to these scriptures. One of our other big problems in this society... We always want to throw our two cents in. What do you mean? God gives you a word for someone. I've seen it happen. He wants you to give them the word, and that's it. Too many people give them the word, and then they want to add their two cents in too. I'll give you an example. We got to get wrapping up. I'll give you an example. And I've told it here before, so you may remember it. If you're new, you may not know it. I was at work over here in factory, Signature Packaging, which was owned by a different owner, different things back then. We had a group of guys there, and uh, I was working with a guy, and God told me to give him this word, and that's it. All I had to do was give him this word, right? He said, I, God told me to tell him, the Lord told me to tell you, he hears your cry. That's it. Now, I could have said, he hears your cry. What's going on? What's going on in your life? What's, what's the mess? You're in a mess. You need to get this fixed. You need to fix this. You need to stop cussing. You need to stop drinking. You need to stop doing this, 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 and this, and this. I didn't. Matter of fact, 
I tried to get out of it, right, because I was nervous. I thought this guy's going to reject it flat out. He was 18, didn't care about anything. I was probably early 20s. And uh, I'm in the break room. I went to break before he did, right? And I'm like, okay, guy. I'm walking out, right? He never came in the break room. I was expecting him to come in the break room, and then I was going to have to give him a word, right? Walk out of the break room. Some of y'all can relate. Walk out of the break room, and here he's coming, but he's still a long ways off, right? Well, God, I tried. Walked right past him because it didn't happen the way I thought it should happen. Walked right past him. He walked past me because I was going the same line he was at. We worked on the same line, and he was going to break. Walked right past him. No more than halfway to the machine, the Spirit convicts me. It's that, you know, worst, best feeling in the world all at the same time. Convicts me and said, turn around and give him the word. I look back. He's at his locker. He's taking longer at his locker than usual. I'm over here thinking, well, I done missed that opportunity, right? Well, God, it didn't happen this. See, that's, that's, mm. how far we say this, God? That's the problem with prophecy, too. Too many people, when a prophecy is given from a legit prophet, are wanting to see it come to pass the way they think it should come to pass. And that is not necessarily what God wants to do. Separate conversation. Back to this. I look back, and I stood there for a second, right? I knew my supervisor. He's a Christian, too. You know, we were friends. I knew he wasn't going to give me any trouble. I was going to use the excuse I got to get back to work, right, God? He's standing in his locker. He's taking longer than he normally does at his locker. I walk over to him while he's there fiddling with whatever he's doing. And I said, Lord told me to tell you, he, his, he hears your cry. And I started to walk off. I didn't go into 90 things he should figure out. All that I had to say was, Lord told me to tell you, he hears your cry. He broke down in front of me. Now, this guy's about image. For him to cry in front of people, that's a big deal. Broke down in front of me in tears, looked at me and said, are you serious? I was like, that's all I got. That's what you told me to say. And I walked away. I didn't ask him, well, give me all the details. What's going on? That's called gossip. God sometimes doesn't want you to go into the details. He just needs you to give him a word. Can we just say it like this? Plant the seed. It may be a whole nother person's job to water that seed. You be obedient. You want to succeed in God's kingdom? It's not just faith. It's obedience. Are you obedient or are you a rebellious child? Well, I would never. There it is right there, right? Okay, come on, y'all ain't catching this. I would never, that's the problem right there, pride. And God will call you out on it. He has showed me a number of times. I would never argue with God. I would never be rebellious. There it is. That's pride. God needs you to be humble. 
Man, I got a whole other series I can talk on this stuff, but you know, I don't know why we went here today. I didn't even get to the text. We said verses 9 through 11, but we'll get to it next time, I guess. We'll see what God's going to do next week. Amen. Told you I'm not in a hurry. I'm just trying to be obedient. Apparently, I wasn't supposed to talk about that today. Because we were going to talk about persecution, fake Christians, and all that. But apparently, I wasn't. I guess I am addressing that. You need Jesus as your Savior, bottom line. That's it. That's where it's at. That's it. There's nothing else you can do. The song says, hallelujah. All I got is a hallelujah. When you're showing gratitude to God and you recognize there is nothing, nothing I can give you in return for what your son did for me. All I have is a hallelujah. If that's you, oh, so we're going to do, I'm going to get to these guys. If that's you, it's somebody here, maybe more than one. If you're to that point where it feels like your world is falling apart around you and you've got nothing left but a hallelujah, you've got no energy, when all else fails, stand. If you're struggling and you're at that point, you need to get to this altar. Come and wait. I'm going to dismiss them and then I'm going to have Pastor Brett, Pastor Dave all come down. We're going to pray for you. There's more than one in this room that needs that prayer. If you reject it, that's on you. I can't help you there. Father, we just thank you, Lord, this morning for those here, for those listening. We thank you for the word you brought forth this morning, God, because this wasn't in my notes. We thank you for your word going forth this morning, Holy Spirit. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, if there be one here that does not know you or one tuning online that does not know you right now, that they will ask you into their life right now, ask you into their heart as their Lord and Savior. And it's really that simple, guys. You repent, meaning you turn from your ways and decide to follow God. And then you let him lead. You just say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart. Forgive me for all my sins. I failed. I've messed up. He'll come in. It's easy. I know I normally got a prayer. I pray. We're not even going long, drug out. It's simple. You ask. That's it. Jesus, save me. I'm sorry. If your heart is truly repentant, you pray in your own words right where you're at if you're online, if you're here. You pray, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I want you to come in, be Lord of my life. From here on out, let me live my life for you. Let me ignore the world and talk to the overcomer. In Jesus' name. While you're praying online, I want to say, You're invited. Come join us. We would love to know if you receive Christ as your Savior today. You can email us or you can come meet us in person if you're close. If you're not close, go to the website on the contact page. There's a contact form. If you'll email me that, that goes straight to my email. I want to celebrate with you and kind of give you some guiding steps to where you go next because then you need to get baptized. You need to find a church home and you need to be discipled. 
quit acting like a rebellious child and become an adult. You go from milk to meat. That's a whole other message too. Thank you so much for joining with us online. God bless you. I'll see you next time.